With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Well, I want to share with you a little bit about my daughter's wedding and, and um, Chelsea and I, we just uh, have been looking forward to this almost as long as Anna has. Anna uh, has been looking forward to getting married ever since she could pronounce the word husband. I think maybe two years old. She's been fed a steady diet of Disney princess movies. And so she is Ariel. She is Belle. She is Cinderella. And she's been looking for her Prince Charming. She's been looking for her Aladdin. She's been looking for her uh, beast to love ever since she was a toddler. And she found him. And during this wedding ceremony, I, I had a chance to play the most challenging role I've ever played in my career. I had a challenging dual role of playing both the father of the bride and the minister. And so I got through the father of the bride part, walking on and down the aisle. And as the minister, you know, I, I wanted to deliver a meaningful message. And at the same time, I didn't want to be that that minister that just drags the ceremony on for so long and everyone's like, land the plane, we've got cake to get to, we've got lots of dancing and, and a good time over at the reception. So I, I, I asked my, one of my best friends and, and minister, Rex, to help me with a message and he just laid out a beautiful outline. And What I loved is I was able to explain where marriage comes from. Marriage comes from the mind of God way back in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. God created his, his world and filled it with every kind of living creature and then placed uh, Adam, his image bearer, in the garden to name all of the animals and to, and to guard and protect and heavenize the world. But Adam noticed that all the animals had male and female partners all around. And, and that was the point in the story where God says it's not good for man to be alone. And God dropped Adam into this deep sleep, opened up his side and removed a rib, and from that rib, he created a brand new creature, a woman, and brought her to Adam, and then woke him up from this deep sleep. Can you imagine the thrill that must have filled that man's heart when he saw Eve in all of her glory? I mean, talk about an upgrade from the sheep and the goats, and the fish and the snails. I mean, there's Eve in all of her feminine beauty, so much like Adam, made in the image of God, born to rule the world together with him, and yet so different from him. And together they complement one another, and they harmonize in the eternal plan of God to bring heaven to earth. And in this message, I, I pointed out something that I think is important for all of us, not just newlyweds. And that is that, that Jesus said, when two people get married, they enter into a sacred covenant. And within that covenant, the, the man is to leave his father and mother, to cleave to his wife, to join together with her, and the two become one flesh. And that this involves a decisive leaving. It means we must leave that primary relationship of parent-child, and the man must leave decisively, not abandoning his parents, 
but cleaving to his wife and beginning a new priority, a new family. You know, when we get married, we still want our parents' wisdom and their guidance. We want their prayers. We may even need their money. But we have a brand new family, a new creation. And we need to leave the parent-child relationship in a new way to begin this, this new priority relationship of husband and wife. And, and it involves cleaving permanently. It's like two pieces of plywood being glued together. They're, they literally become one when the glue dries. They're fused together. You can try to rip them apart, but you'll damage both of them. And marriage is like that. It's a sacred covenant where a husband and a wife are literally fused together and they become one. And Jesus said, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And there's a uniting intimately with no shame. God said that, that they were both naked and they were not ashamed. You know, he could have used any other phrase like, and they were happy or they were joyful or they were at peace. But he said they were not ashamed. And shame is the great killer of intimacy, isn't it? Shame is the great killer of relationships. And Adam and Eve had nothing to hide themselves behind, and they had no shame. And these are the three anchors, the three goals that I pray my daughter and her husband will grow in, and that they will learn more and more together. And my prayer is that all of us would learn that more and more, that God would teach us those things. And finally, I, I, I mentioned to them something that I want us to think about tonight, that marriage is not a contract, it's a covenant. And there's a big difference. A contract is based on mistrust. That's why you draw things up into a contract, right? It's like, I don't know if you're telling me the truth and if you're going to keep your word, so let's put this in writing. Sign it, right? Sign the contract. It's based on the possibility that you're not the real deal, you're not going to keep your word, and it's based on mistrust. A covenant, however, is based on total trust. I'm covenanting with you. I'm, I'm all in, even if, no matter what, I'm not reversing course. A contract spells out our rights and limits our liabilities. But a covenant focuses not on our rights, but on unlimited responsibilities. You see, if we focus on our rights, we breed a rebellion. But if we focus on our responsibilities, we breed a revival. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think Traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. 
Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. So much of our culture today is all about my rights, special rights, special interest groups, and it's dividing people dangerously. What we ought to be focusing on is our responsibilities to love one another and our responsibility to make sure that our leaders, the leader in our home, mom and dad, husband and wife, that, that we are being responsible to God and we're carrying out our heavenly responsibilities to one another and to our children. If we focus on that, we breed revival in our marriage. We breed revival in our home. We ought to be focusing not on what my country can do for me, as Kennedy once said, but what my responsibility is for my country. And one of those responsibilities is holding our leaders accountable. And if they fail to be faithful to keep their oath to serve and protect the people of this nation, we have a sacred responsibility to replace them with people who will. When we focus on our responsibilities, we breed revival. Revival in our hearts, in our homes, in our communities, and in our nation. Focusing on their responsibilities to God and to each other. Breeding revival in their hearts, revival in their marriage. And that through them and through their children, they will be part of bringing heaven to earth. And I know that's what you want for your kids. I know it's what you want for your grandkids. We all want the same thing. At least those of us in the family of faith. There are those who want very different things than that. But we know the end of the story. Those who do not love God, those who want to usurp the power of God and be the ultimate power here on earth in the form of political power or religious power or, or, or whatever else, they lose. Uh, they're not the heroes of the story. The hero of the story is the one who laid down his life to pay the price for your sins and mine, to reconcile us to our loving creator so that we could be revived to our true identity, to our true purpose, and to our destiny of shining as lights in a dark world and heavenizing the earth. Just like in one of my favorite movies, The Lion King, Simba. He believed the lie that he had killed his father. He was lied to by Scar. He left his, his position as the prince of the pride lands and he ran out into the wilderness and he got caught up with the wrong crowd, starts listening to a warthog and a meerkat not wise advice. I mean, the guy wants to dress in hula and, and dress in drag and do the hula, right? Not the best of friends. 
But then he's reminded of his true identity, that he's the son of the king. He's reminded of his purpose. And he goes back and engages with his culture and he chases the darkness away from his family. He goes to battle and defeats his evil uncle, the father of the lie that sent him out into the wilderness. Simba was revived in his heart with regard to his identity and his purpose and his destiny. He remembered who he was and life begins coming back to the pride lands. He's not just hanging out in the wilderness waiting for the pride lands to collapse around him, happy that he in his heart is uh, reconnected with his identity. No. As a revived king, he goes back into fulfilling his purpose and brings life and light to everyone in the pride lands, defeating darkness and chasing it out of the kingdom. And I believe that the writers of that movie, whether they knew it or not, have got the right idea. You and I have been revived by faith to our true identity as sons and daughters of God, to our true purpose of bringing heaven to earth, knowing that our destiny is eternity with God and with our friends and family in heaven. And therefore, we should rush to engage our culture and bring heaven to earth by obeying God and, and carrying out the mandates of heaven wherever he takes us. That's what revival is all about. Becoming enkindled by the central fire of Christ so that you then turn and set others on fire with your words of truth and goodness and beauty, engaging your friends and family with the solutions and the answers that come from God's word rather than pooling the foolishness that comes from man's limited knowledge that is tainted by his own desire for greed and power. Um, I love God's word. I love that he gives us things like the birth of our children, weddings, baptisms, funerals, sunrises, sunsets. God gives us milestones every day that demonstrate that his ways are always the best ways. And I hope that you'll continue to follow along with me as we look to God's word and the mandates from heaven that apply to every aspect of life. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.